happy. Are you guys so happy? I am so happy you can hardly even, like, wipe the smile off my face. (laughs) You are so lying right now. Welcome back to Stand True. We are so glad that you guys are here. We are continuing this series, this conversation on generations and the lies that we believe. So this is now the third episode minus the intro that we did. Wow, the third episode. Oh, we can start doing that again. Wow, the third episode. We are so excited to have some of our really good friends here Mm -hmm. with us. And some of our favorite listeners. And some of our favorite listeners (laughs) are maybe, yeah, some of our best, best friends. This is the first time that they are appearing on the Stay podcast, true. but not the last. Mm-hmm. Give a warm, hearty welcome to Annie and Cody Long. <laughs> welcome, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I am the second man who listens to this, really. No, Is there two men that no, listen to this podcast? No, there's so many. Oh my gosh, there's so that. many. <laughs> oh my gosh. I always think it's a women's only podcast. Why? So no, because it's pink or what? And only. even if it was yeah. for women, why Get wouldn't out. men want to listen to it to know how women think? Yeah. Well put. But it's well not put. only for women. No, because didn't you say like 40% of our listeners are men? Mm-hmm. We're almost like 50-50. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't feel so bad now, though. No. Guess okay. you're not the only one, Cody. All right, you guys. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We have two children. We have a four-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. And we're married. And we're married. It's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cody works here at the shop for Matt and mm-hmm. Crystal. I work at the church part-time. We have a farming adventure that we've started four years ago mm-hmm. yes and if i was still on my home farm i would be fourth generation dairy farmer mm-hmm. but we only do crops i love it well that's so cool i just love both of your stories are pretty diverse so i think that it's worth talking about a little bit i don't so you tell them because i don't want to say it wrong you grew up following jesus correct i gave my life to the lord and was baptized when I was 13 okay. at our old church with my parents. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then met Annie lots of years later. Mm-hmm. Like what, 10 years? 27 when 20, you met me? Yeah, I was 27, okay. and okay. you would have been 20. 20. And just ex- exploring your faith. Yeah, I mean, I grew up Catholic, went to a Catholic school, but I didn't follow God. I mm-hmm. just kind of went to school there. And it wasn't until Cody and I met and we did CrossFit together at CrossFit High Gear. And we did this thing called Fuel. We did a workout and then watched a live stream of a church service. I became interested yeah. in some of the things that were being said. Life kind of happened, you know, long story short. And I gave my life to Christ and haven't looked back since. No, so. You were baptized at the High Gear yeah. Gym. Five That's years ago now. Yeah. I don't think we said before, but you guys are millennials. Yes. So you're doing the millennial episode. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a stigma around your generation that, or a lie that just isn't true? I think there's quite a few things, and I think it changes depending on what age you are mm-hmm. or what stage of life you are in. But for example, my experience, you know, as a high schooler, I found my identity in sports, which was a lie. And then it would kind of turn into, when I was older in high school, where are you going to college? What are you going to major in? What are you going to do? And then it kind of turned into like, okay, you're studying your major. What job are you going to have now? Mm. And then it turned into, when I was married with kids, okay, are you just a stay-at-home mom or do you work as well? And I found my, the lie that I believed is that you had to find your identity in worldly things. Mm. And you were defined by 
what you did, what you studied, where you worked, or, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you were a stay-at-home mom or you were a working mom. And it wasn't until I was reading one day, it was after a Bible study, I was just reading in my Bible and answering some questions, and it was just kind of about how does God see us, what's our identity, and it just kind of asked, like, how does God see you? And then I realized, I was like, wait a minute, God doesn't put me in this box, he doesn't care about where I work or like what I I mean he cares Mm -hmm. like those are important it's important to go to school have a good job but that's not how you're defined you're Mm -hmm. defined by who God says you are Mm -hmm. and by what's in your heart and if you have a heart that is pursuing the Lord when it comes to millennial I mean what did we find the chart if you're born in 1981 Mm -hmm. to 95 Mm -hmm. I think I think so so I'm like full blood millennial I mean I was born in 89 (laughs) I am like right in the Oh, no, no yeah. borderline. Yeah, I thought I was like an elder millennial for a while. <laughs> Definitely right in the middle, smack dab millennial. I would say a lot of things around millennials would be like, we're associated as like lazy or we live at home in mommy's basement and we work at a pizza shop and, mm. you know, party every weekend. And I, I just don't think that's true. I mean, most of my friends are millennials and most of my friends have two jobs. And I'm not saying that, you know, you should identify with how hard that you can work but a lot of my friends are hard working they're early risers it's just simply not true i i know so many millennials that are not lazy so i would say laziness is maybe a big stigma a big stigma Which with is millennials interesting because i feel like you guys are kind of saying the same thing you're saying you feel the pressure of the stigma of a millennial like not to be lazy and what is it that you're gonna do what defines you and so you're kind of experiencing it a little, or you've experienced it a little bit differently, where you feel like just in general with your friends, like it's just assumed, like you're just lazy. Millennials don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially older generations seem to have yeah. that view. Especially, I would say the boomer generation for sure. Mm-hmm. Thinks the millennials. Thinks the millennials are lazy. And that is shots fired. <laughs> oh Do you guys think it's different? So that's like in the world, right? So that's like the stigma with like working and all that what about like as followers of christ like do you feel that there's a certain stigma in the church per se about like that defines a millennial i would say most millennials i think are kind of experiencing parenthood right now Mm, and so maybe there's a stigma in the church of like oh you know they parent this way or they don't you know discipline their kids this right way so like i've felt the pressure I would say parenting pressure. Yes, Mm. especially with social media, Mm. too, because there's so many different things you see on social media. Oh, she's doing it this way. Mm. If I'm not doing it the way she is, then I'm doing something wrong. Mm. It's like, wait a minute. I don't need to get my my teachings from Instagram. I need to look at what God says. My daughter was potty trained at 20 months, where my daughter was potty trained. I get it, though. A lot of comparison but in the church I would say pressure on parenting so you brought up what God says that's in parenting but what about the other lies you guys said did you guys find anything or do you have something that you combat that with I think it doesn't matter I mean it matters what you're doing where you work where you go to school but what matters most is not on the outside but it's what's on the inside that's what matters are you looking at every thing you do in your life as a discipleship opportunity, as an opportunity to glorify the Lord, because that's what he cares about. Whether you're 
making $10 an hour Mm -hmm. or if you're making $100 an hour, are you using that platform to pursue the Lord? And I think that's what's most important. That's really cool. How do you think that the church... When I talk about the church, I'm not talking about building. I know you guys know that. I'm talking about, like, people. Like, if I call myself a Christ follower, how do I disciple you? How do I love a millennial? How do I show a millennial that they're loved by Christ and encourage them in their relationship with Christ? In my own life, or our own life, I should say, I've felt the most loved when you guys open up your house. I love on our kids, and, you know, you guys are there for us as mentors, counselors. You and Matt have done a lot for us, I would definitely say, but I really, yeah, when you open your house up and feed us meals. (laughs) It's putting yourself out there. Serving. You know, if you have an opportunity to serve, Mm -hmm. say yes. I mean, pray about it. Even if it makes you uncomfortable, try it because Mm -hmm. God is going to teach you so many things and maybe open up so many new doors and show you what spiritual gifts he's given you or he's going to connect you with somebody who maybe needs to know Jesus. And so by serving, putting yourself out there, you know, it's important to connect with people. Mm. So speaking to a millennial, open up your home, loving them, letting them know that you have support. But encouraging serving, like encouraging, mm-hmm. encouraging you to, hey, you have something yeah. valuable here. Yeah. Like, share, share what God's yeah. done in your life with somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get out of your comfort zone. That's good. Yeah. That's really cool. So, if you could say something to the coming generations after you guys, what would you encourage them with? From what you've learned, right, about the stigmas that identify you as a millennial, about discipleship, about, and then mm-hmm. what you've learned about God, how you've combated some of these lies, and Trust me, we're all continually. It's not like we've anybody's arrived right. anywhere, but where you're at today, what could you say? Like the Lord's shown me this, and I want to teach this to Jaden and Addison. I want to teach this to, you know, the McAllister kids. Like I want to pass this on to the, the younger generation. Mm-hmm. How would you do that? Don't rush to please this world, but seek to please Him. And remember that your identity is in God, the One who made you for an incredible purpose to serve and glorify him. And he loves you so much that he chose you. And I want to go to Deuteronomy 7, 6. The Lord your God has chosen you out of the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. We've been chosen by the creator of the universe, and I think that's praiseworthy. He's worthy of it all, and we can give it back to him by pursuing him in everything we do. So, Mm. you know, seek to please him and not the world Mm -hmm. is what you know, the advice I would give. I listened to this podcast earlier when you guys had Alpha Generation. Yeah. Is that what mm-hmm. I'm saying mm-hmm. it right? Mm-hmm. A lot of them said just like direction, what should they do next? And I just remember, I can relate to that because I for years felt like, what should I do? Should I work here? Should I work there? Should I go to school? Should I stay at home and farm? You know, what should I do? What should I do? And it's just like, if somebody when I was young would have told me that it's as simple as just love God and love others, mm-hmm. it really would have made a difference in my life. But it really is that simple. It is. It really is. You just love God and love others. And the verse I brought today is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it's trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So I guess the long and short of it is it doesn't really matter what you do as long as you're loving God and loving others. Mm -hmm. He'll kind of put the puzzle pieces together and he will 
make your path straight. Yeah. As cliche as that is to say, but if somebody would have told me that when I was 15 or 16, it would have made a big difference in my life, yeah. Yeah. for sure. It definitely yeah. takes away the complicatedness. And okay? I just look over and see Crystal crying. Did I say something? Are you okay? <laughs> These are happy tears. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am fine. I just remember Cody coming in to the bank when he was 18 years old, and. When really? I first met Crystal, I was trying to get a loan <laughs> on a beautiful 2005 rusted out Dodge Cummins oh that had like 200000 on it for our guy listeners out there. Uh, and I don't know, like the Lord just put on my heart, like, you know, you, sh- you need to reach out to that guy. I could have said like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know that guy. But I said something to Matt and Matt's like, I know them. Yeah. What, what's he doing? I say he mows lawn. Can he mow our yard? And Matt's like, sure. <laughs> and I never would have known then that it was as simple as just feeding lunch every once in a while and reminding you that it's simple. Love God and love others. So when you just said that, I was just like overwhelmed that you, you, you question sometimes, you know, are you doing enough? Are you saying enough? And so no matter what the generational lie is, the fact to be willing is going to be the same across all generations. Just to be willing to not be so self-absorbed or so caught up in our own life that we forget that it is not about the project or the process. It is about the people. And so to love, to love God and love others really just sums up everything we would want to teach every generation and it takes the pressure off of you too when it's not you that's making your own life you know yeah. i always thought i had to be a successful business owner yeah. we need to mow more yards mm-hmm. farm more ground we need to do this this and that and the other it's like in my life when i've let go of the control and just kind of rolled with things and tried to live my life in a christ-like fashion it's like that's when things began to make the most sense and to really click and especially in our own family i would say I think the lie, one of the other lies is that we believe our lives are our own mm-hmm. and we forget that, no, our lives actually belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. We're really just vessels, you know, mm-hmm. and he does work through us. So it's like when mm-hmm. you just have faith and surrender it to him, he's going to bless all that. The, all and, this stuff is his too. We're just stewards yeah. of what he gives yeah. us. Yeah. That's so cool. Wouldn't you guys agree though, like no matter what, we op- I open up with asking you like your journey with God whether you were 13, whether you were 20, that doesn't matter. But what matters is that you just keep walking through the next door pursuing Christ. So even in seasons when you, when things don't make sense or things you question, like if you just keep walking, you know, just keep swimming, Dory, you just keep pursuing Christ, like love God and love others. He is the one that makes sense out of all of the stuff it doesn't make sense to us right mm-hmm. so I think that's so good I heard somebody explain that verse and the end of it make your path straight to me one yeah. time and it it blew my mind how he explained it so basically he's saying like a lot of times when we read that verse we think there's a straight path and we have to mm-hmm. stay on that straight path or else we're gonna get off of it and then we're like ruining God's plan for life but instead what it's meaning is that God's gonna take all the decisions we made and all the things that we're doing and then he's going to make that straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's not us that has it's to not, walk. Yeah. yeah. We don't we have, to have to stay to on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to obey him. Yeah, right. keep obeying. We just have to keep walking. And yeah. then he's going to take all the things that we decide, all the things yeah. that we do, and he's going to make it all make sense. That's right. A lot of times I read the verse, and I'm like, man, how, well, you, then there's a right and a wrong. There's yeah. like, God wants me to do this, and he doesn't want me to do this, but it can be stressful. But 
It's, it's funny. Not. I've I've had this piece of paper on our fridge for man since five we, years. Five Gosh, years. I don't know, yeah. Four or five years. And I just seen it this morning. I was thinking about it, and it was still there around the corner. And I found it, and I was like, I'm just taking the whole paper <laughs> with me today. That's so cool. <laughs> My millennial friends, we talked about how you would, what you would pass on to the younger gen- generation, how other generations would love you, but out of all of that, like, if if you could sum up um, in in biblical truth, if you could sum up in biblical truth, like a life verse that just keeps you just focused on the Lord, what what would that be? A verse that has stuck with me is Matthew six thirty three. Mm-hmm. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So um, the way I thought about it, it doesn't mean that God's going to give you everything you want. If you're a good Christian, he's not going to you know, give you a boat or make you a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means that when you're seeking his kingdom, you are living out a kingdom mindset. Mm-hmm. And when you are living out that kingdom mindset, you're making disciples along the way. And then also the people that have discipled you, they're also there. So when his kingdom does come one day, Mm -hmm. we all get to enjoy that together. We get to be clothed in his righteousness, not our own. And to me, that is like the greatest gift to look forward to. And that is so much more that we could ever give give ourselves Mm -hmm. or so much more than the world could give us. You know, we get to be with him one day and just worship him together Mm -hmm. and that just it gives me chills when I think about it you know everyone I love just up there and Mm -hmm. so yeah that's make disciples and have that eternity to look forward to together make heaven crowded yeah (laughs) yeah I would say you know when you're grinding through life you sometimes forget that we are very precious and we're loved. And the last verse that I brought, I think ties along with this. Well, it's Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved you and chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt you into his family by bringing you to himself through Jesus, and it gave him great pleasure. And so to me, just knowing that no matter where I am or what I'm doing, how much God loves each individual person and loves us is just, that's kind of just enough for me. And I try to overflow that into the way I treat others, you know, just always give them grace and try to love other people well Mm -hmm. because of the fact that God chose to love me before he created the world. Mm -hmm. Like that's just kind of mind blowing Mm -hmm. to me, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. his loving kindness that's a word that's stuck with me you know just that Mm -hmm. yeah that unconditional love and just Mm -hmm. even when we're you know ignoring him or we don't want to be with him he's still there waiting patiently through all of our mistakes he's just still waiting for us to turn to him the endurance he has it's it's crazy i'm glad he has more patience with us than i do my own kids sometimes but what a wonderful example (laughs) you know to have like you see his patience and you're like okay how can i apply that patience in my life you know that fruit of the spirit it's like that's so cool patience sometimes um equates into waiting you hear patience and you feel like you have to wait Mm -hmm. and then i think we have to have a a clear understanding of wait because a lot of times you hear wait and it means just stop you know, like stop, wait, but that's actually not what Christ calls us to. He calls us to be more like a waiter. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. how can I help you, Lord? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next, Lord? You know, as I wait 
for you, Lord? How do I serve you, Lord? What do I do? And that's just, again, all goes into walking through that next right door, you know? Yeah. And so patience comes from this obedience of being able to wait on the Lord. Mm. We were going to say embarrassing stories. Mm-hmm. Fun. No, we were actually going to say well, fun childhood memories. Hey, I want to hear an embarrassing yeah, story about Cody. <laughs> so I was used to going back to these, what, 15-year-olds that you guys had on last week, I think it was. Uh-huh. I was probably 13, 14 in there somewhere. I was at a family reunion in West Virginia. Oh, boy. I know that sounds this is gonna like... going to be great. Yeah. We're <laughs> here, but I do have a lot of family in West Virginia. And in front of 200 people, I ran over a tent with my four-wheeler, knocked a table full of food over. And it's like, yeah, that was just embarrassing. And that, that so story sad. always sticks out to me. He tells this story quite a lot, so it must like really just was trigger him. Stand out yeah. and just... It was very traumatic. I cried. The but then we started coding. riding again, and I got over it. So it's all. Well, you're, I don't think you're over it yet. Through it. We're through this Maybe I need therapy more than a podcast. Maybe this was therapy. Could be. Well, Do you have any, any? Embarrassing story. Or childhood. I have a, yeah. I mean, I guess an embarrassing story um, that always stands out to me. I think I was maybe 10 or 11, and I was snowboarding locally. I think it was at Boston Mills or Brandywine. And I'm going down the slope, and I caught an edge on my board, so I lost my balance and did a face plant. Mm-hmm. And this is right by the, you know, the ski lift, so the people mm-hmm. above saw it happen. Well, I hit my nose just right, and so I'm my nose is bleeding everywhere mm-hmm. in the white snow and the people are you know up above in the chair left oh my gosh she needs help somebody help her and i'm like no i'm fine it's just a bloody nose you know white snow and blood mm-hmm. it stands out i'm like i'm fine like don't worry about me but they ended up calling the paramedics and they brought a little sled up and they come running up to me and they're like we need to take you down like and i'm like no i'm i'm okay it's just a bloody nose so <laughs> Don't, you know, recommend getting a bloody nose in the snow because it's, I mean, I'm in this like puddle of blood. It looks a lot worse than it is. So I don't know. That's that's a story that always stands out to me. I don't know why. Not a cherry popsicle. I have the official title of the second man ever on the podcast. (laughs) Because Evan and Tyler have been on it, your brothers, but they're boys. Yeah. For sure. Okay. (laughs) She was jabbing. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you guys. Jesus, thank you. Um, Thank you for this podcast and thank you for uh, Grace Church and just what an impact it's made in me and Ann's life and, uh, just thank you for everyone um, that helps put this stuff together. And just thank you for loving us, Lord. And please help us to love other people well as our culture desperately needs it. Um, be with each one here today, I pray. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.